and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me, Gail, and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018, and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy and light so you can find your own sober bliss. Welcome to another edition of Sober Bliss Meets. Today I'm really, really delighted because I'm speaking to the wonderful Liz. And Liz has an online magazine called Voice of Calm. Hi Liz, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's lovely to meet you. We've spoken on Instagram and things before, but it's really nice to chat to you in person. Um, So just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, You stopped drinking quite a while ago now, didn't you? So tell us all about that. So um, I kind of got to the point with drinking where I just felt that it was wasn't fun anymore so I, I I've always uh, been quite a professional drinker if you see what I mean so I would take yeah. drinking as being really quite a big part of my life I think I took drinking as being almost like a role um, I wrote a piece which was drinking wasn't my pastime it was my identity because it felt mm. like that it was very much sort of a part of who I was yeah. and it had been okay for, for years I drank since I was legally able to drink And it had been fine for years. And then about two years uh, before giving up, it suddenly became a bigger part of my life than I realised, you know, it's really Mm. crept up on me. And I think that was where I felt that I needed to regain some control. So I went from drinking socially and and going out and drinking and having the odd glass of wine when I was cooking at home to really constantly battling with myself about not drinking more. And I realized that it was almost a relationship I was having with alcohol. So yeah. instead of just thinking, well, um, you know, I'll, I'll have a glass of wine tonight, easy, not really think much more about that. It was, I mustn't drink, I mustn't drink. And then I would have a drink and then I'd have another and another. And then I was doing that every day. And I was allowing that to go on for, yeah, about two years I was living like that. Wow. Um, so it wasn't so much that I was drink. it wasn't so much the quantity that I was drinking, it was the mm. way I was drinking, I think, that that was the thing that really, um, in the end, made me stop, I realised, and the other thing was that my dad was an alcoholic, and he died when he was 52 of oh. drinking, so that had a massive, you know, I knew where it was going to go if I, let, if I let it go unchecked, I knew eventually I would probably end up like him, so mm. that was really sort of, where I ended up in those last sort of months of of not drinking was really sort of it was a constant battle and I just want I didn't want to have that anymore yeah yeah I know what you mean it was similar with me as well you're constantly thinking about it will I won't I how much shall I have how much can I have and then you give in and then you feel bad about it and that makes you want to drink more and Mm. yeah it's like a cycle isn't it that you can't get out of so when did you get out of the cycle how long has it been so I stopped last year um and I've it's been the most amazing year because 
I I was talking to my husband last night actually because we were it was Valentine's Day yesterday and we were um, just chatting you know about life really and I was saying it just is the gift that keeps on giving not drinking because yeah. I, I, I I'm constantly realizing things about myself and about my relationships with people about mm. my connected my my um, sort of presence you know in terms of how connected I am with life yes I don't have an off switch now which was the, the alcohol <laughs> I've had to stay on all the time and, yeah. and that that's an amazing thing so this, this last year has been just it's immeasurable how it's benefited me and my family life and my relationship and you know it, it, as I'm sure you you know it, it's an amazing awakening that's how it feels it is, you're right, it is. And everything's just more real and um, you appreciate so much more, even the little things like waking up without a hangover. Yeah. That doesn't never get boring. Mm. Um, yeah, so how did you do it? Did you just say, right, okay, that's it, I'm not going to stop? Yeah. Or, I just, yeah. I just, so. Sorry, I'm not going to drink anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a row with Mike, with my husband, um, mm. uh, I basically, it was a Friday night and, it, it, you know, my pattern of drinking was to drink every night. And even though I would battle with myself from Monday through to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday were drinking nights, even though the others had also been drinking nights, but I would allow myself to drink more. So it was getting yeah. so out of hand. Uh, so Friday night was a real proper drinking night. And I, I was having, I was probably finished a bottle of wine and then Mike came in from the studio and so I said to him I think maybe there was a glass left in the bottle and I poured it for him and then I said I'll open another one and he said oh don't open another one I don't think I'll even want this and I was so angry <laughs> that he wouldn't drink <laughs> because I you know it was like you're gonna now justify my drinking because you'll come in it's Friday night you'll want to drink and you'll make me feel better about my drinking and you're not doing it. And I was so yeah. angry with him. And so I started to tell him how, because uh, he's 10 years older than me. And I started to tell him that I thought that our age gap was actually now, for the first time in 20 years of being together, was actually becoming an issue because he was obviously too old. And I was still really young and I wanted to party and he didn't. And, uh, and I was rattling on like this, and eventually he just said, I think I'm going to go to bed. And he yeah. went off. And, um, and I just sat on my own, and poured another couple of glasses of wine, and I just, it's like I just woke up. I just, mm. cause I just saw myself from, a, from his perspective, but from a sort of out-of-body perspective. And then I Googled, am I an alcoholic? And oh, really? I, yeah, and I did three online tests. Um, and all of them said, seek help immediately. Oh, God. So, yeah, and that was it. So the next morning, because I knew he was really pissed off with me, understandably, he, I woke yeah. up and he'd gone off. And um, I called him and I said, can, you, can we talk? And he was like, what are we going to talk about? And I said, I'm going to go to AA. So you need yeah. to come back so we can talk and I'm going to go off to AA. And he, and he came back and it, it's been a it's. I haven't, we haven't looked back. It's been amazing. He's been so supportive. And so it was my rock bottom and it doesn't, it wasn't a very dramatic rock bottom. A lot of people have much worse, but it was enough mm. for me to go, well, what am I doing? 
Yeah, yeah, that's important. I think it's each person's individual story and their moment. I didn't have a horrendous rock bottom either. Lots of bad things happened, but not one thing kind of, right. you know, shook me up. It was just like, okay, I think I better put this into some kind of perspective and, mm. and stop. Yeah, yeah. But I, do, I feel like there is a moment. Well, there was mm. a moment. But did you have a moment where you sort of thought, so it's not necessarily a rock bottom, but a moment where you suddenly think, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. Yes, yeah, it was like a moment of clarity. Some people mm. call it an epiphany, I don't know. Um, but my husband and I, we decided to stop together because our pattern was similar to yours, but it was the both of us every night. We were big beer drinkers and we drink between us um, 24 cans of Kuth Campbell beer and often wine as well. Mm. every but our thing was coming back from the school run and the kids finish at two so by half past two that was like wine o'clock or beer right, yeah and so it would carry on um and then you know the arguments and the bad atmosphere and the waking up feeling rubbish all the time and we kind of had a discussion together and said okay you know we'll will stop it wasn't like let's stop forever or let's stop for a month it was just let's stop right. so we did um, my husband stopped a day before me because we still had some beers in the house so I had to <laughs> finish them <laughs> first um, but then that was what just over 10 months ago and we haven't looked back either yeah so, amazing yeah. did you yeah. both it's, it's interesting for two people to both feel that they definitely can do that long term. You know, like I, I was able, because it was just me, to commit to never drinking again. But mm. if your husband hadn't, if your husband had said, well, I, I don't know about forever, but I'll just sort of give this a try, it would have been harder, wouldn't it? But it's, you both thought, we'll definitely do this together forever. Yeah, well, it wasn't kind of a forever thing. I don't think a time scale came into it it was just right let's stop maybe just saying that let's stop did mean forever yeah um i don't know but then as the the days and the weeks and the months went on and you start to feel so much better yeah then that kind of yeah. spurs you on to keep going and now i think oh god you know what were we doing for all that time how on earth did we manage to get through the days and um yeah. why did we do that to ourselves but it definitely helped having the both of us together at the same time yeah. um because yeah. you know we kind of tried he would have a dry day and i wouldn't and then i would want to have a dry day and he didn't want to and he would drink and i would drink as well so yeah. definitely having somebody there going through the same thing at the same time helped yeah yeah, I can see that, definitely. Yeah. Is that why you went to AA then, to have that? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I went to um, see a therapist, and she said, you know, she was brilliant because she said, there are several things that you need to do here in order to make this count. Because I, I was determined to never drink again. It really was a sort of flicking a switch. I went from... I'll, know, I'll never give up because my alcohol is my life to 
I can't ever do this again. And I was so determined. And she said, right, well, if you really mean it, then you've got to tell all your friends and mm-hmm. family that you're, you've given up because they all need to support you in this. Or they need to, or rather, they need to know so that you're not having to constantly tell everybody at every social event. And she said, and the other thing that you should do is go to AA. And, and it, was really, it was really good advice because although I don't think I fit the sort of um, stereotypical view of what an alcoholic is, and of course, yes. that's a that whole other subject, um, but um, going to AA really was, it taught me a lot. I, I mean, I haven't done the 12 steps and I don't think that, that I need to do that. I, it's not necessarily right for everybody. But it mm. was really nice to hear uh, other people's stories and also... Yeah. AA have a great sort of um, uh, approach to not drinking and they're very much about don't say forever, just say it's just for today. And mm-hmm. that was hugely helpful to me. So, yeah, I think I wanted that sort of support network in place should I need it. I only went three times, I think, or four times maybe, and I didn't feel I needed to go again. But even now, if I felt really wobbly, I'd go to an AA meeting, definitely. Mm-hmm. The very supportive infrastructure that if, you ha- if you're doing it on your own, it's it's pretty brilliant some sort of support out there there's nothing like that where we are Uh, not that i know of anyway and even if there was it would be in spanish would be a bit tricky we do speak spanish but (laughs) having to go through all of that in spanish might be a bit tricky yeah yeah of course Yeah. yeah yeah so how did you get through the the early days then was there anything specific that you did yeah um i i spent a lot of time in my work i spent most of my time in my workout gear because um it became something that i could do instead of drinking excuse me um so i would um pretty much get up and get into my running stuff and then if i felt like i needed a drink desperately i would go running and it's, it's easy for me to do that because I work from home and we live in a place where you can run around the fields or whatever quite easily. Um, so, but even doing yoga in your bedroom, anything, anything at all that is physical activity, I think it, it, it does release the similar chemicals to the feeling of being a bit drunk does. So it actually does make quite a good replacement. So I did that. Um, mm. I, I'd run most evenings because evenings were hardest for me. I was never a day drinker particularly, so every evening would be quite difficult. Um, And I found loads and loads of alternative drinks. So got into drinking lots of kombucha, making kombucha. Um, I've tried every single type of alcohol-free drink there is going, I think. You probably have too. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I I think it was about replacing those things. Mm. Uh, and just riding that wave of, of you know, discomfort and just facing it, and and that that was that's been I think the biggest um, awakening for me is to embrace fear and pain and discomfort rather than going oh I don't like that feeling I, I'll have a drink because that's what yeah I've done. yeah um, so that's not running away from that running away from it as in doing fun (laughs) but not running into a bottle um, has been an amazing thing so it was just really about embracing those bad feelings and going right this is going to hurt and I'm going to do it physically it wasn't painful I mean I didn't have a physical addiction in the way that I know some people would have to go to hospital and do a detox which I didn't have to do 
Mm. But the anxiety, all of that sort of physical side of things, it's just going, it's going to be bad, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's like facing it, as you say, as opposed to hiding from it. So have you discovered any techniques that help you get through those tricky moments apart from swimming? Um, Yes, I feel um, deep breathing. um, And so sort of meditating Mm -hmm. helps. I meditate a lot. And it really helps me, but not everybody meditates. And sometimes when you're feeling really anxious, meditating is just a really difficult thing to do. It's like yeah. too big a step, isn't it? To go from, yeah. oh, I feel really bad and just super stressed out to Zen is quite, quite a massive step. So I think <laughs> in the moment of feeling anxious, I always question, well, what would it be like then to have a drink? Imagine having a drink now. How would you feel having had that drink? And I always can quickly go to, I'd feel terrible. I'd feel so awful that I'd, that I'd, I'd failed. And that's not a nice word, but it would feel like that. It would feel like I'd done mm. so much good work. So sort of jumping to the other side of having the drink and then thinking, projecting yourself there. That, I think that's quite, I, I do do that, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a good technique. Like yeah. it's playing the movie forward, isn't it? People yes. talk about that. Right. Quite a lot, yeah, like the sliding doors things. What would happen if? Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's instant gratification, isn't it, alcohol? Mm. And I suppose it's training yourself to, um, to, to think beyond the instant gratification, which is addiction is about not ever doing that and, and just always going for the one, if you could have one sweet now or five sweets later. It's always saying, well, I'll just take what's there now. Yeah. Um, and being dry. The long term. You do. That's and, right. And that gets easier, doesn't it, I think? It does. Yes, it does. It's... The, the longer you do it. It doesn't mean that you never long for a drink. Um, but I feel like those moments get further and further apart the longer you go. Yeah, yeah. And you just know that it's not going to do anything for you anymore. It's no. like, what's the point? There's no yeah. point to yeah. it anymore. Yeah. So what's the best thing then, do you think, since um, giving up alcohol? The best thing? There are so many good things, aren't there? Um, yeah. I don't know what the best thing is. I just feel happier. I just feel mm. like a happier person. Um, I feel, yeah, that's such a that's such a broad thing to say. Happier about what? But I feel like I've got. I feel like myself, and I don't think I felt like that for a long time. Yeah. I I I didn't realise how um, lost as a person I was until I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's kind of it. I think I've found I've met myself again. I've sort of yeah. Gone, oh hi. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been? Of, yeah, and it, it's um that's what that's really how it feels. And so going back to that question of like, well, what do you you know? Have you got any quick fixes for when you really want a drink? Is that that I would be sacrificing if I was to start drinking again? And I'm just not going to do that because it's just too good. So. Exactly. Yeah, found I found found myself, and I discovered that I like myself, and I'd be losing that. So it, it's um, sort of 
self-acceptance, I suppose, but um, it's, it's a very, it's a deep thing and it works on so many levels and it, it, it goes into relationships, you know, because I feel happier in myself. My relationship with my husband is better. It was always good, but I think we have a deeper level of understanding. My relationship yeah. with my children is better. I feel like I'm a better mum because I'm not so sort of stressed out all the time. Mm. So it, it's there isn't any one thing really, um, but it's yeah, it's I feel like a happier person. What what's yeah. your what's your best thing if you have to put a best thing? My best thing. Um... Just feeling good, I suppose, yeah. about myself and also physically as well. I feel a lot better physically now. Um, I've started yoga recently and I do it early in the morning by myself in the dark. And I've always thought, yeah, I'd love to do yoga. But obviously, when you've got a hangover, then you're not going to bother <laughs> getting up, are you? <laughs> so um, but I started doing that. And just the fact that I can do it makes me feel really good mm. and I'm enjoying yoga I never really thought I was a yoga type of person maybe I'm not I don't know I'm still learning but I do like that time in the morning just to be by myself and that's helping a lot physically because I used to have like really big like truck driver arms <laughs> um, and now I'm getting a bit you know normal size arms and that's just from yoga so and the fact that I'm not drinking means that I can spend time doing that, which makes me feel good about myself. Um, and yeah. my relationship with the kids as well. Um, sometimes I think back and I'm like, God, you know, where did the time go? I mean, everybody says that because they grow up so quickly. But there's often moments that I just completely forgotten about or I missed completely because I was drunk or hungover mm. so probably the best thing is for me to be there for my kids but like properly there you know not yeah. just to going through the motions you're present with them and you're on their level again yeah and it's we've so, got so true. yeah yeah we've got a teenager and a nine-year-old so there's a bit of a gap there um, and I just sometimes think, thank God that I'm not drinking because I don't know how I would cope with a teenager. Oh, God, right. If I was drinking. <laughs> I know how that goes, yeah. And I think that's, that's such a big thing, isn't it? There's obviously a massive mummy wine culture. Yes. That, uh, is, it really pisses me off, to be honest, because I, I feel... I've written a lot about how the drinks companies do prey on mum's vulnerability. Um, they do. And I just think it's awful. The, the advertising, and they've made everything pink now. It's pink gin. and you Yeah, know, uh, I saw your post on the pink yeah. gin. Outrageous. And I just think, you know, w women are, are really suffering for a profit for the wine, for the, for the gin, for the drinks industry. Um, and, you know, it was called Mother's Ruin, wasn't it? And it, it yeah stopped being called that now it's uh, you know it's trendy and cute and it isn't it, it isn't people drink women drink too much way too much and yeah. British women are among the biggest drinkers in the world um, <clears throat> so when it comes to parenting um, I you know and I'm not judging anyone because I was that mum who would I would never do homework without a glass of wine I would always <laughs> be cooking with a glass of wine I would never yeah. 
my, my, half of my time with my children, I was always with drink. Mm. So, and, and I look back and think, oh, I feel like I didn't miss it. It wasn't I was so drunk as it wasn't there. But you're not 100% there, are you? No, um, you're not. That's and true. as they grow older now, I look at them and think, wow, you're, my, my oldest is 15 and he seems to be, you know, gr- growing at a foot a month at the moment and he'll be <laughs> home in, in, you know, three, four years or whatever. And I think, oh my God, why would I waste a minute of that time mm. by yeah. not really being here? So that presence with your children is such a beautiful thing. I wasn't expecting that at all, but it's amazing, isn't it? It is, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just one of the other benefits that just keep coming and coming. Yeah. Um, and like you say, often things happen that you don't really expect. And when they do, you're like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm so glad that I'm in the moment. Um, being a good role model. You know, I, I always worried about <laughs> um, the children see, always seeing me with a drink in my hand. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not really, you know, it's, that's not actually setting a good example. And, and I, I knew it wasn't, but everyone else is doing it. So and I, I do feel a lot better about the fact that they're not seeing that. <clears throat> that does feel that feels like a positive thing really yeah because they they copy you don't they they do what you do yeah <laughs> i wrote a post the other day um and i mentioned that my my youngest son he's nine he likes to do yoga with me now and i'm quite happy about that and meditate and things like that but imagine that he'd wanted to sit and have a beer with me it would yeah. be like oh my god you know and my oldest son he's 17 and whenever he goes out I'm like don't drink don't smoke and then I'm thinking what a hypocrite because he sees or used to see me drinking all the time mm-hmm. and he'd be like well you know if you're doing it so you know why can't I do it but now he's obviously seen both sides of the story and he he, he knows that it's much better that we don't so if I say to him don't drink then he knows why and yeah he's he knows that I'm not being a hypocrite anymore because I don't do it either yeah yeah so yeah, yeah it's about so to, some, to some extent our experiences of having struggled with um alcohol is actually now a service as a warning doesn't it you know mm-hmm. and I've been I, I don't know about you but I've been really open with my boys about my addictive nature and they know about my dad and they my youngest never met my dad so they know about how he died and so it's I do think that hopefully I mean I know addictive there's addictive genes or not one addictive gene but that that it passes down sort of 50 50 nature and nurture so Mm -hmm. maybe they'll have a bit of that in them but hopefully there is some kind of lesson for them in in just being cautious about you know any substances really yeah, yeah. And seeing you being awesome without alcohol, I know that's a <laughs> tagline, will spur them on to realise that actually it's much better without. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can see that life doesn't, you know, we were brought up in a time of needing, of, of just, it's what you do. It's alcohol is equals fun. And without alcohol, there is no fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I really hope that starts to change now. I, more and more, more and more people are drinking less in yeah. certain age categories. Um, so I would hope that 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 that, that sort of association sort of matures a bit. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it will slowly. I think the message will get through. Yeah. And obviously people like you and I who are passing it down to our children and then they will carry it on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about your website, your online magazine, Voice of Calm. Did that come about after you stopped drinking and what inspired you to do it? Yeah. Uh, yes, it, it, exactly. It was because um, I, I'm sure you identify with, with this, that when I stopped drinking, I sort of felt so amazing and so like I've been given such a gift that I wanted to share it with everybody else. Yeah. 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 So and as, as you, you know, there's such a, an amazing online community of people who have quit drinking and drugs as well. And and then they're sharing their stories online and it, it's so inspiring it's so, it's a great support network for people so mm. i wanted to be i wanted to contribute to that um and the title voice of calm just came from a hymn that i kept waking up in with it in my head um oh. which was uh oh lord and father of mankind and the last line of that is oh still small voice of calm and it just kept like just in, I wake up like three or four times with it and I kept saying to my husband do you remember that 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 hymn and and so I wanted to do a website and I was looking for all sorts of um cool names is a, is a great one um <laughs> so, so barista I, I thought that's yeah. genius but obviously someone else had already taken that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um and then I and then I thought, well, voice of calm just keeps on coming back to me, even though it doesn't have the word alcohol or sober in it. But then I realised, well, there is more to what I want to say than just about alcohol. I like to talk about mindfulness and meditation. So, voice of calm mm. was a was quite a good sort of title. So it's not just alcohol, but more of a sort of a, a, a whole lifestyle thing. Yeah. So it's, it's where I can share ideas that I have about you know healthy living. And ultimately, what I want to do is to create a sort of more of a, a, a sort of magazine style format where I've got lots of people writing for it. And that's starting oh, to happen lovely. now. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. I'm inviting people to write for it. So we can talk about oh. that as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I love the name. Um, and I do think it kind of embodies sobriety in a way because my life <clears throat> and yours probably and probably everybody's, is just so much calmer yeah. without the alcohol. We used to rush through afternoons and everything would be a bit crazy and chaotic and the tiniest little thing would escalate into a huge drama. And now it's like, oh, just breathing a big sigh of relief, I suppose. And everything's just like, oof, yeah. much, much It's calmer. so true, true. It's, um... Uh, so it's that calm that you experience in your life. But I think there's also um, the, the voice of calm for me was that, you know, that you were saying as well, that moment of clarity where you suddenly think, I can't do this. This is, this mm -hmm. is crazy. I've got to stop. And just like that, you stop. And so, somehow there's, there, for me, there was something in there that was going, it's going to be okay. It's, you, you don't yeah. need to do this anymore this is the new path that you're on. And if I felt like there was a calmness in me that, that was going, that knew everything would be okay. And it felt like there was a voice of calm. And that's sort of, um, 
what if that, that was how it felt for me I, I i don't know if other people would that would resonate with other people but it just feels like there's something inside you that you can sort of lean on uh, when you need yeah it. yeah yeah it's like your inner self i suppose trying yeah. to get out trying to tell you something yeah uh, listening to your inner voice yeah know? and in aa they would probably call it your higher power mm. so there's that sort of leaning on leaning into the unknown and saying, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I hand it all over to you. Um, and, you know, some people struggle with the idea of God or, or whatever, but there, it's a, there is a spirituality about sobriety that I yeah. feel that if you can embrace that, I think is quite magical. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter where that comes from. It can be anything. And yes. inside you as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what's next then for Liz and um, Well, um, just just keeping on doing what I'm doing, really. I, I think that's a nice aspect of of um, being mindful is that I'm mm. not I'm not planning anything in particular. I've got a few projects that I'm that I'm starting on, um, but mostly it's just writing about mindfulness and the experience of giving up alcohol and supporting people who want to do the same sort of journey and yeah. um and living each day at a time and seeing what 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 today brings what tomorrow brings so mm. i am um going to be working on a, a separate project uh which is a, a sort of um a creative project not so much just writing for the magazine but actually creating a um a story based project which might mm-hmm. uh, end up um, as, a, as another blog. Um, so that's something else that I'm doing. Um, and then also, because I, I also have a day job, my um, songwriting is, takes up a lot of time too. So yeah. working, working with people doing that sort of thing, which I also love. So I have, mm. that. I have pretty packed time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you actually, um, since you stopped drinking did you find that your creativity was affected in any way with your songwriting yeah 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 Yeah, it's the opposite of what i would have thought i really thought that my creativity would suffer Mm -hmm. because of not drinking and that is so not true at all it's completely the opposite it's another lie that we believe that yeah alcohol will boost your creativity and you know it's um it's not true at all i i i feel I've written better songs, I think, than I've ever written since I gave up drinking because I've learned to become less attached to the outcome of everything that I do. So instead of feeling like, well, I'm going to write a song and it has to be amazing because I need it to be a hit because it needs to make this amount of money so that I can carry on doing it, blah, 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 blah. Mm. I just I just sort of think I'm going to write a song today and it's just going to be what it will be and I'm going to allow that to happen and that's it and that's something that's come from drinking where I've applied my sort of presence and nowness to not drinking i.e. I'm not going to drink today and that's it Mm. I've now been able to apply that to other areas of my life and applying that to my my songwriting to to being creative is, is a really a liberating feeling it's like actually it 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 doesn't matter what happens with this song I'm just going to write it and that's Mm -hmm. that nothing more needs to be thought about and that's that's probably where I feel like I'm doing better work because I'm not 
putting pressure on it if you see what I mean yeah yeah you've found the freedom I suppose yeah. just to write and yeah, then exactly. whatever comes out will come out yes that's right yeah. and I think yeah. that when you when you uh, rely quite heavily on alcohol it can often be or it was for me because I feel like there's such I've put so much pressure on myself to be something to achieve something and each day when those things don't feel like they've materialized I felt like I'd failed so therefore I'll just have a drink even though it's a lot of it it's subconscious so I'll have yeah. a drink because that will just turn all that stuff off the noise in my head whereas when you get rid of all of that necessity to be something to achieve something to you know meet whatever goals it is that you set yourself suddenly you're free of all of that none of it matters mm. and, and um I think unless you actually have gone through the process of not drinking, it's quite hard to explain that to somebody because it's um, quite a sort of ethereal concept, but yeah. it's really liberating. It is, it is. It's true. It's really true. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any kind of mantra or any kind of saying that you turn to when things get a bit tough or to keep you going? Um, I think I just really rely on that sort of concept of just today yeah it's just today it, it, you can do anything today you can do you can achieve anything if you've only got to do it for today if you start to think about the rest of the week or the rest of your life then mm. it, anything would feel impossible so That's it's true. it's not it, it whenever I feel that my mind starts to get lost in all of that stuff all mm -hmm. of the expectations and the goals and the panic of that I yeah. just bring everything back to just today and right now look around and think is everything okay right now is there any problem that I can't deal with right now and generally mm. the answer is no everything is fine yeah. so just just bringing everything back to today I find really really helpful that that kind of always works for me mm -hmm. yeah that's good advice and do you think uh, if you were to give one piece of advice to somebody who was maybe thinking, oh, maybe my drinking needs kind of looking at, what yeah. advice would that be? Um, it's tricky, isn't it? Because if somebody's just thinking, oh, I'm not sure about whether I drink too much. I mean, that, I was in that phase for about two years before I finally yeah. decided. You know, I knew somewhere in the back of my head that it was becoming an issue. Mm. But if somebody was thinking, oh, I think I'd like to give up drinking, I would say do it, do it for a month and and, yeah. see, and see where you're at. You know, don't don't put don't put a forever on it. Just say, well, like dry Jan dry January is great for that, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think a lot of people say that they their drinking patterns change after doing that because they start to feel the benefits. Yes, so they do. I think it's um, and if you want to give up drinking and you think that it's something that you need to do forever I would suggest going to AA just to start to be in that world and have that support structure I, I really do recommend it I think it's not for everybody but I found it very helpful mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it helps to, I suppose to get it out there and to let people know yeah. what you're doing as well and to make a commitment I suppose not just a wishy-washy yeah, yeah maybe a bit, but to make a commitment yes i agree i think so i think if you're if you're thinking about it um it, as long as you leave the door ajar that's what i sort of said to myself that as long as i if i was to say to myself 
uh, I probably won't drink, then I would definitely drink because there was still some some room for me to mm. mess up. But if I said to myself, I will never drink again, I'm not doing it, but reduce that down to bite-sized pieces of a day, each day, I'm not drinking today, I'm not drinking today, then it just yeah. meant there's no option. I can't do yeah. it. So, And by telling everyone, you kind of heighten that commitment as well. So yeah. that, it, it sounds like that would put pressure on you, but in, 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 for me, that really helped. I don't know how mm -hmm. you found that sort of telling everybody, but I found it quite helpful. Yeah, we didn't tell anybody to start with, um, not even the kids, to be honest. Um, because where we live, there's quite a big expat community of other Brits, and there's a lot of drinking that goes on. Um, and they just think it's weird, because, you know, yeah. you come to Spain and you sit on your patio with your wine, otherwise, you know, what are you doing here? Mm. And the idea of somebody not drinking is like, what? what's going on? Yeah. So we didn't tell anybody. And the Spanish culture as well is, they do drink a lot, not like us. There's not really that binge drinking, but yeah. they, they drink all the time. I mean, in the morning, people tend to have a break from 10 to half past 10 and they'll have a beer with their sandwich. Wow, right. Or they'll go for their morning coffee at seven and they'll have a shot in it <clears throat> to get them up and ready for the day. Wow, that's And amazing. then when they finish work and then they have a big long lunch, so they have beers at lunchtime. And so it's, you know, it's something that they do. Mm. So we didn't really tell anybody. I suppose we're kind of, isolated ourselves a bit in the beginning it was just easier for us to do it that way um we didn't even tell family um my mother-in-law comes out a couple of times a year and I think we'd stopped for about five months and when they came out we hadn't told them and they kind of rocked up and said oh where's the gin where's the beer yeah and we said um do you fancy a cup of tea <laughs> like, oh, what's going on and they were like, what? I can't believe it. Because the first thing that my mother-in-law does is she gets home and before she's even taken a coat off, she has a gin. Mm. Um, so the idea that we weren't drinking anymore, I think it was just a bit too far out for people to cope with. And I wasn't prepared for the kind of, oh, you know, you're not that bad and surely one or two doesn't matter. I wasn't sure how I would be able to handle that yeah. so I just didn't tell anybody in the beginning at all it was just me and my husband but then don't you um but then you you must be getting all of that stuff oh well, but can't you just have one can't you be more moderate you know that's, yeah yeah that's yeah hard. I find I find that stuff the hardest to deal with really mm, I think that's one of the most annoying bits about it to be honest um because I don't sort of judge people who drink. If they want to drink, that's fine. Yeah. That's up to them. So, so why are you asking me why I'm not drinking? And yeah. my mother-in-law, I mean, she's lovely, bless her, but she left a bottle of gin after she went home the last time, you know, just in case. Like, I don't know. Right, really? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's and it's still there in the back of the cupboard. Yeah, well done. <laughs> It's just, you know, you wouldn't sort of, if someone says, look, I'm, I've given up smoking, you wouldn't sort of say, well, look, I'm going to give you these cigarettes just in case, just 
you change your mind you'd be like what are you doing yeah yeah just a weird thing with alcohol isn't it it's just so entrenched in our culture yeah yeah it is weird yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's a difficult thing i think other people other people's uh reaction to you giving up is something that i wasn't prepared for and i I, i've had some i've had a couple of um falling outs with people um about it where you just like wow you know i i just not was not prepared for people's negative reaction to me not drinking and people react some people react as if it's a threat to their drinking yes they do so weird isn't it it's Mm. um you know as if as if you're sort of um watching them drink and going you know you don't need that drink you know as if you know which you'd never do and you'd never (laughs) think because we are not the people to judge but they react as if you've you've been like that Um, yeah and that's something that i wasn't expecting at all um Mm. yeah 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 it can be a bit of a shock but it's quite eye-opening as well and um, because people yeah. start to tell you about their own drinking like yeah. it's not a problem and well they can handle it and that kind of thing yes yeah yeah, yeah that's right you get get a lot of people and actually for the most part um most of my friends or not most of but quite a few of my friends have said that since i stopped they've also cut down because oh, they did brilliant. Look, yeah they did sort of look at their own drinking and say I probably don't need to drink those drinks and I could probably cut those ones out quite happily and, and they've said, oh, and I feel much better for it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. It's not at all wasn't my goal or anything like that, but it's nice to hear people say, yeah, maybe I was drinking a couple of times a week when I didn't need to. Yeah, yeah. Seeing your kind of positivity and how, yeah. you know, happy you are kind of spurs people on to think, yeah, yeah maybe I, think- I could do that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, listen, Liz, I could chat to you all day. But, um, <laughs> I've got a class coming up soon. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time out and speaking to me. Um, the readers and the, the listeners are, are going to love it. It's been really inspirational. So thank oh, you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share and subscribe. For more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.